0: the empire of lies it's time for the show that brings you the truth behind the headlines in an atmosphere of free speech open debate and in diverse opinions i'm lee stranahan and this is the backstory hey there how you doing rod I'm doing alright, Lee. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. So let me try to fix my fetterman. I said a diverse of opinions. That's not what I meant to say. A diversity of opinions. There is a sentence like a normal human being would say. Not a fetterman. Pretty good, huh? (laughs) And you're ableist, Lee. Yes, that's right. I'm semi-ableist. Let me, uh... So, I went to see Tulsi last night, and I'll talk about that later. We got a lot of news, and we got two perfect guests for today. Sonia Van Den End is in Moscow, and we'll be talking about events going on in the conflict with Ukraine and the attack on Sebastopol and other set of stuff. Then, at the end of the show, because he stays up late, we have the great Ian Schilling from London it'll be late in London but ain't can handle it because he'll be up you know he he takes Earl Grey tea late at night I don't know if that's true but it sounds good so that's the show right Rod? correct yeah, I got all that right okay just checking because I said diversity wrong so you know I could screw things up and we're taking your calls two zero two five two one thirteen twenty. And Rod, take us to the boom, please. You listen to the best show on the radio, The Backstory. And I got to say, Rod, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day and saying what a great job you do when you co-host. And I need to get a dedicated Rod graphic. You know, everybody else has a graphic, but I I had one for you at one point, but do you feel deprived? Be honest. Uh,
1: no, I was, I was going to think of a joke, but, you know, it's too much stupid stuff going on right now. <laughs> no, that's no, all good.
0: No, but but obviously, you're such an important part of the show. And a, a few days a week, you are the co-host, basically. And you do a great job. And uh, so we got a lot to talk about. And Sonya's coming on early, at a quarter after. So I can only get to some stuff. I'm not going to go into the Tulsi thing yet, but it was very good. You know, she was doing a speech. That's good news. And uh, we found out the mystery of why Tulsi's doing an event with Christy, which seemed a little weird, but not completely, but a little bit. Does it make sense? We were talking about it yesterday. So do you know what it is? It makes perfect sense. Go ahead, Lee. Wait. When Christy Nome was originally in politics, she was the House of Representatives in, the, forgive me, another Federman. She was in the House of Representatives. Okay. So she goes to Washington and she's the only person from South Dakota because we only have one rep because we're such a small state. Okay. She didn't know anyone. So someone told her, you got to go to the House gym. The house gym is where you'll meet people, you know, and sure enough, who was, do you think was there in the gym first thing in the morning? Think about it. Tulsi. Yeah. Tulsi Gabbard, right? Right, right. You know, she's famous for working out, right? And uh, uh, Christy Nome basically said, this is a person doing more pull-ups than I could dream of doing. So. And and Tulsi being somewhat an, an outsider saw this woman who was brand new to Congress and wasn't worried about her party affiliation, but was more thinking like a human being. Does that make sense? So Tulsi and Christie became friends and that makes sense to me. Yeah,
1: that makes you, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, Lee.
0: Yeah. Because I can see Coming to Washington, you don't know anyone, you go to the gym, there's this, you know, workout fiend who's also a nice person and it's an interesting background. You could become friends. So they've been friends for years. And I like that because it's a really, we forget that Congress people are human. And do you know why I think we forget that? Because many of them are spawns of Satan. So technically, <laughs> They're not quite humans, but I'm th- thinking about Adam Schiff. But uh, if if you found out Adam Schiff was not a human being, would you be shocked, Rod? Uh,
1: you remember that movie Little Nicky with Adam Sandler? Yes. Yeah, I yes. wouldn't. You know, he's he looks like one of them characters. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: That's right. He's got that look. But I'm not not trying to dehumanize. So no one go in your underwear to Adam Schiff's house, because first off everyone would believe it. You know, if anyone did that kind of attack. But let's play the first clip. We got a bunch. Let's play Joe Biden forgetting what he's saying. Talk about a Fetterman. This is a full Fetterman. Hit it. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now (laughs) because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine.
2: And uh, I'm thinking of Iraq
0: because that's when my son died. Well, okay. You know, I, I don't know what that has to do with it. You know, do you, Rod, did I miss something there?
1: Um, You know, that was only a 14 seconds leave. One, he mixed up the war Ukraine with the war in Iraq. And then he said his son died in Iraq, which is not true. His son, didn't, his son died of cancer.
0: That's right. That's right. I hadn't even, because you know, it's odd to bring up your son's death randomly, sort of, in the middle of a speech when you screw something up. But interesting. So uh, we're going to be talking about this throughout the show. But I think the biggest story is this Liz Truss phone was hacked story. And we missed it. It's been on a couple days. But the head of MI6, British intelligence, says that Liz Truss's phone was hacked by Russia. Now, I don't care, actually, that they hacked. Now, I'll be honest. If you're going after war criminals, if, you know, people have a right to privacy, I believe. But I don't believe when you're covering up a crime, you have a right to privacy anymore. Do you see my thinking on this, Rod?
1: Yeah, this is a survival thing. So I know it's you know technically illegal to hack another foreign leader's cell phone, but um, it's a survival thing.
0: Yeah, and you're never going to get these leaders to, you know, so we've been talking about the Nord Stream 2 bombing for a while. British, you know, one thing Russia does is they say what they're doing, actually. I've not noticed a lot of denial of taking credit for things. So Russia will say, we're doing missile attacks and trying to take out Ukraine's energy grid. Have you noticed that? Russia's saying what they're doing. They're saying, we're trying to destroy Ukraine's energy grid. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah, for
1: sure, Lee. And, you know, the the media is kind of stuck in— Kind of stuck in a place because they don't know what to do because like you said russia's saying this is what we're going to do and we're doing it and then so they don't even have a, a way to demonize them because it's like they're already telling you exactly what they're going to do
0: right and that's why if russia had wanted to destroy their own pipeline for instance as was it they were accused of this by the west destroying their own pipeline and i put it out if you're going to destroy it do it at in russia You know, if you want to take out the pipeline, destroy it in Russia. Why not? Why go to Sweden and bomb it underwater? So the West are liars and hypocrites. But in this case, liars, because they will say, we didn't do that. We didn't try to destroy the pipeline, right? And everyone kind of knew that the West was probably behind it. The US and the UK were probably behind it, but we didn't have firm proof. Like, And one bit of proof, if I accuse Russia of trying to st- destroy Ukraine's energy grid, okay, the first bit of proof is to go to their statements. They've said, we're trying to take out the energy grid. So you can't do that with the British. And, uh, Sonya's on, so let's go to a break here. But but that that makes sense. The the I am going to justify this hacking because it's basically crime investigation, and this List Trust phone being hacked explains so many things that happened in the past three weeks, including. And I'll 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 talk to this about about this with Ian later. Do you think this was possibly behind? Liz Truss's resignation because she resigned very quickly.
1: Yeah, no, this is, see, now now, now the hack is the story, Lee. It's the, the not the everything that's involved with the, the bombing of Nord Stream and the information found on the phone. It's the hack that's the problem. So they're trying to use this to overshadow why she resigned so quickly and everything else going along with it. So you're 100% right.
0: And I'll talk about, we'll talk with Sonya about the attack on Sebastian Bull in in Crimea. And the uh, recent scuttling of the, the grain deal and why that's out, all that apparently was revealed on Liz Truss's phone, too. So all these events, Russia's got to the bottom of them through the hacking. And we'll talk about that after this short break with Sonia Vanden and on The Backstory. <laughs> Backstory and on 105.5 FM AM 1390 in the Empire of Lies, Washington, D.C. This is Lee Stranahan, and welcome to The Backstory. On the line now, we have Sonia Van End, a great reporter, and she's in Moscow, Russia, I believe. Hey, Sonia, are you in Russia?
2: Yes, hello, Lee. Uh, nice to be in your show again. Yes, I'm in Moscow. Yes, still in Moscow.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so great to have you, because, of course, you've covered... Uh, stuff in the uh, Donetsk People's Republic before, uh, but but glad you're and you're doing well in Moscow.
2: Yes, I'm also reporting now from Moscow a lot because you know it's uh, the big uh, yeah counter offensive is going on. So yeah, there's somehow a media stop just for the moment, but as soon as I'm able, I will go back. To uh, to the Donbass, thats for sure.
0: No, and uh, and we were talking about this. You've you've seen this Liz Truss phone hack story, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw it. It's <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's confirmed. Actually, what we all thought—that uh, the UK is playing a very deceiving deceiving dece- role here. Uh, actually, the UK and the US, are we know they are behind the attack on the uh, Nord Stream 2. And now it's in the open. So, yeah, it's uh, actually, it confirms what we are thinking eh, all the time.
0: And I, I would say it confirms so much of what we're thinking. And at, uh, apparently Russia is going to come out with the evidence they have. But this is major. I think this explains so much This happened in the past three weeks. Let's talk about The attacks on Crimea that happened recently, because we haven't really discussed this. So what happened with the, I'll call it Ukrainian-British, is that fair to say now, attack on Crimea, on Sebastopol?
2: Yes, we can say that, and you know, we spoke about it last time, that uh, maybe uh, Russia would retaliate or not. Well they did, actually, uh, after the uh, attack or the sabotage on the Crimean bridge straight away attacked on the Monday and you know all the cities in Ukraine are now without electricity, uh, without gas, without uh, water. I think the water supply is a little bit you now okay, but you know now they know what it is how it feels uh, for the people in the Donbas who are already eight years without electricity or being attacked on a daily basis. And you know the UK is highly involved in all this because the drones I think they used drones, they said it was a truck driver, you know, but maybe drones as well, I don't know for sure, but let's put the theory that the truck driver, it's what they said here in Russia, went over the bridge and there was a dirty, there was a bomb underneath and this is, yeah, what did the damage. Fortunately, the damage was not that bad that they could fix it straight away. Actually, and within a few days, the cars were driving again, and and now buses, so it's normal again. But they retaliated to Ukraine.
0: So, so, I I gotta ask you, because a story I saw recently was, do you use the social media service Telegram? Is that something you use?
2: Yes, I use that. Yeah, yeah, it's a quite. Uh, a, lo- a lot of people use it here in uh, Russia. Maybe, I don't know, Eastern Europe a little bit, but mainly Russia, because, you know, Telegram in Germany, it's somehow you can use it, but I think they want to block it. Uh, the Netherlands where I'm from, I don't know, No, not many people use it. here. You know, a lot of people use WhatsApp, but, yeah, here
0: yeah, it's, it's popular. Is, is Telegram blocked in Russia?
2: No, 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 not at all, because everybody is using Telegram here. No, no.
3: No
0: do I so think it? so right, right. There's because I saw a Ukrainian journalist. I use that term, you know, mm-hmm. in quotes. Mm-hmm. But he said that Russia had blocked Telegram. Mm-hmm. And I had not seen that. And I believe they people may have lost access to it for an hour or something a couple of days ago. But Putin has not blocked Telegram, you're saying. No you have no. access to
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, we all have access because it's very important, you know, for uh, journalists here. Uh, even the Kremlin has his own Telegram channel, uh, Ministry of Foreign Defense. Yeah, and, you know, you can have, you can get information from there. So no, no way. They were not going to uh, block that. Maybe there was some talk about uh, blocking YouTube because, according to uh, yeah, Kremlin here and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and everything, there's a lot of misinformation on uh, YouTube, but. So far, I didn't hear, so no, no, it's not blocked. Now, Russia's
0: funny, because when they use the term misinformation, they mean lies and false stuff. Over here in the United States and throughout Europe, when they say misinformation, they mean things that don't match the narrative, mm-hmm. have you noticed that?
2: Yeah, I know what you mean, and yeah, it's quite. It's like the the Russian culture is not like the U.S. culture or the European culture. They always try to be polite, even if they say about misinformation or lies. Actually, what you said, so they try to be uh, say it in a polite way, and that's actually nice. I mean, it's 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 good. They always polite and. Not uh, accusing people uh, in this way, they do it in different ways, but it's that's how they react here, you know, it's the culture.
0: Now, I was talking to Rod, for instance, about Russia not hiding exactly, you know, to the extent you can in wartime. I think Russia's been very honest. So Russia's not denying that they are launching missile attacks on Ukraine and taking out the Ukrainian energy grid. Russia's not saying, no, we're not doing that, right? They're they're talking about what they're doing, right?
2: Yeah, that's true, and they're very honest about it. And uh, I mean, I think the the, the EU and US have to believe it. They are not attacking civilians. They are not attacking uh, apartment blocks. It's only really the power grid, uh, the water supply, uh, some other military objects are supposed to what's still there. But you know, this is what they do, and they are not lying about it. No, from day one, you remember the Monday they started. They they said that, that they said so many power plants were hit, uh, uh, the water supply. So they are very honest. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the EU and uh, the US citizens have to start believing Russia more because they're open and honest about everything.
0: That's right. And whereas Ukraine, everything that they do. They say Russia did anything, but eventually they admit it, and that's why I think this Liz Truss story is so big, because it explains so many things. Now that attack on Crimea, so it, explain the grain deal. So mm-hmm. first off, the grain deal, people sort of strong-armed, not strong-armed exactly, but I would say was Russia pressured into. Uh, Opening waters in Crimea for this grain deal—is—is is it fair to say Russia was pressured by the world into doing that?
2: Uh, yeah, the, the the grain deal was brokered in uh, July, end of July. I remember because I was in Kherson, uh, uh, not in Kherson. I was uh, at the Azov Sea, and there I saw all vessels laying around in the water, uh, ready to be shipped to yeah whatever the grain would go to. And then it came, there was notice then that they, that Turkey would, in in cooperation with uh, the UN, try to broker this grain deal and they did. And of course, they were pressured because uh, there was a, they said, uh, there's a lot of grain there laying, uh, going to, uh, for instance, Africa, Middle East, like Lebanon or Syria, and because there is a famine there, It's okay, it's, uh, so the Russians, uh, you know, listened to this, and they opened up, uh, well, they opened up the water, they tried to demine the water, because there were a lot of mines there, and okay, they agreed, and the ships went out. But unfortunately, what is coming out now is that the ships went to Turkey, but from Turkey, a lot of the ships, the majority of the ships went to uh, Western Europe. For instance, my country, the Netherlands, uh, also Spain, and the majority of the eight tons of wheat and corn, what was the first few vessels who uh, uh, sailed off, they were all ended up in Western Europe. So actually, maybe a minority of this went to uh, the, the countries they really needed, like in Africa or the Middle East. So that's really shameful, what they did.
0: So, and then, so that's yeah. one thing. The, the Green Deal did not actually help the people who need it most, correct? Oh, correct. The countries correct. that need it most currently aren't in Europe.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the most terrible part actually is that this grain or corn was used for animal feed. So it's you know if you think about it, it's of course it's yeah, criminal how they be so,
0: so the European animals are doing okay. Yeah. But the people in places like Africa and the Middle East, not so good. No. So no. the other thing that it did was, as you said, Russia demined the ports and then the Ukrainian and British military used that opening to launch an attack on Crimea, right? Because yeah. of the because of the war being demined by Russia, they mm-hmm. cleared the way for Ukraine to attack Crimea. Mm-hmm. Is that right?
2: Yeah, they attacked Sebastopol. You know, that's the the, the main port, actually, where the black uh, in the Black Sea. And there's where the the fleet from Russia is uh, there. And they tried to attack military vessels, but also uh, commercial vessels. And they didn't really succeed because there was minor damage. But this is what they were doing. And uh, I figure out, because my opinion is that they did it because they're losing, uh, actually they're losing the war what they call the war, and um, they have to distract uh, the rest of uh, the Western world from this. So they launched an attack, and that's what I said, it was a minor attack. So uh, the world is now not focused, or the media, the Western world, on what is really going on in Gerson and all the other villages around, that the Ukrainians are actually what I heard are losing there and this is they don't want to show to the rest of the world because you know they get too much weapons, weapon flow is very terrible, so now, this is a distraction. Now, I,
0: now I've never been to Moscow, but I have been, I think you have too, been to like Beirut, Lebanon. In Beirut, Lebanon when I went there, they had periodic power outages. Do you have anything like that in Moscow, Russia? Have you have any points when the power goes out for a few hours?
2: No way. <laughs> Never. No, it's uh, it's really good here. We have heating. I'm sitting here with the with the heater because it uh, came cold, you know, minus two, minus three during the night. And we have gas. We have electricity all day. Never a power outage. Never. Since the eight months I'm and, here. So.
0: And you were in Beirut at one, one point, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beirut is terrible. And you, mm-hmm. and
0: you know, my I mean about the power outages. People who don't who've never been in a place with periodic power outages have to understand one of the big things. And confirm this, Sonia. I'm yes, sure I, you dealt with it. Yes. Is it, don't mm-hmm. you can't be you can't be in an elevator because if you're in an elevator when the power goes out, you're in the elevator for four hours, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Right, yeah, and I think the people in Europe should understand this because like you, I was in Beirut, Syria... And, and it was very terrible, uh, especially uh, the last year. You know, in Beirut, it's very terrible. The whole of Lebanon, the economy is no, yeah, it's down the drain. We can say it's nothing there. People, but they don't realize in Europe when you go to this, uh, when you leave, the fossil fuels and there is no electricity. You cannot charge your phone. What you said, the elevator will stop working. Uh, you cannot go in the in on the internet. So people don't realize this. It's, uh, they think, oh, you know, we can have all this Green New Deal and we have uh, wind energy, solar energy, and oh, well, no problem. And okay, we have a few hours with no power, but they don't understand and they don't realize what what it is. It is, it is terrible, you know? You know it and I know it.
0: Yeah, and, and you said Russia's winning the war, and I agree, because for one standard... Ukraine, admittedly, like they're they're admitting that 40% of their power grid is out. But I think it's much more than that. They're without electricity in Ukraine. But you have, your life is going on as before in Moscow. So by that standard, comparing Russia to Ukraine, I would say Russia is doing better. Yeah, right?
2: Yeah, right. Of course. And okay, we cannot look at the front at the moment because uh, what I said, there's a media uh, stop. It's normal. But uh, I think they are winning because they mobilized now three hundred thousand people, and I think so around two hundred thousand are now trained, very good trained, and they were they are sent to the front lines. And uh, in U- the Ukrainians they have this high, uh, high, uh, sophisticated weapons like the HIMARS. But the Ukrainians, maybe the majority don't speak good English. And to operate on a Heimer, I think you need to speak English or at least you have to read English. Of course, they have these NATO instructors or, I don't know, U.S. Army instructors. But this takes a while for you know the whole thing. So I can imagine that takes a long time. And in the meantime, the Russians are advancing. So that's what I think is happening.
0: And what are you hearing about What's going on in the Kherson region? What are you hearing about Kherson in Moscow?
2: Well, uh, what I said, the, the, there's a silence in the media at the moment. The media stopped, but uh, still small things are, you know, you can't hear that. Uh, the, a lot of people are evacuated and voluntarily, not forced. This is what the Western media is telling again, because a lot of people there are very afraid that there is this dirty bomb, you know, the dirty bomb uh, thing. And uh, Saporice is, of course, in the Gerson region, but also this Karkova dam. This is, I visited the dam uh, in May this year. And if they're going to blow up this dam, well, it's a big disaster, of course, then the whole area is underwater. And if they, because on a daily basis, they also attack the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, well, it's too dangerous. And I also heard that uh, from the Ministry of Defence, they are uh, trying to make a dirty bomb, and they have all the equipment and uh, the facilities, the UK brought it to them, because Zelensky was on this Munich security meeting in 2022, I think it was February, yeah. and he was very uh, eager to get the nuclear bomb or to get, you know, uh, uh, Ukraine has to be a nuclear state, so of course the British will help him, so that's what the Ministry of Defense found out now that uh, they are capable maybe to build a bomb. That's for sure, so it's very dangerous, very dangerous.
0: Yes, and This attack on Sebastopol, this attack on Crimea, Mm -hmm. it's believed. And I think it's proven now that the UK was in on that, right? The UK, because they're not allowed drone operators in Ukraine, right? The UK, I don't even call it a proxy war anymore. It's not proxy war if you're actually fighting the war. And in some cases, I think it's very clear. And the Crimea attack, was it clear that the UK was an active part of that Crimea attack, Sonia?
2: Yes, of course. UK is, uh, is part of it. UK is maybe uh, the mastermind behind it. Because what I said, I don't think the Ukrainian army is that well trained. I see a lot of uh, videos, you know, appearing that... Uh, a lot of these units are walking away because they are not satisfied with the, the commander or you know, the the tasks they have to do. And so the UK is definitely um, their master, besides the US, of course. And, and what you said, it's not a war... A proxy war anymore. It's it's a full out war. I think it's it, it, because it's, it's it's they don't hide it anymore. NATO is there. The US is there. I heard the. I don't think it's a big airborne battalion. The 101 battalion is at the border Romania with Ukraine, so they can go in. So they don't hide it anymore. It's a it's it's war. It's a war. NATO, UK, US against Russia.
0: Now, meanwhile. Schultz from Germany, they're having a meeting about how they can take care of Ukrainians, about how they can take care of the Ukrainian people. By the way, here's one way Germany. Here's a hint: leave mm-hmm. them alone.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's what Germany has <laughs> is playing. Uh, yeah, bad role, but, okay, Germany is actually controlled by the U.S., you know that as well. You know, you have Ramstein there, Air Base and uh, more air bases, they have the nuclear weapons uh, nuclear rockets standing there from uh, the U.S., so Scholz has to do what the U.S. is saying he has to do, and there, I think one, I don't know how many Ukrainians are there, and they have to do more, And but actually, this is, I think, the most terrible part is... Uh, this week, uh, I don't know if you know him it's Steinmeier, It's the actually Bundes president of, uh, of Germany. He held a speech in front of national TV and he told the people that uh, you know, uh, we always had to be careful with Russia because what have happened in the Second World War, uh, twenty I didn't mention the amount I will do 26 million Russians that were killed by the Nazis. But now we have not. To, we don't have to think about that anymore because uh, we are now in a different war. And uh, Russia, again, is our enemy. So he was telling that on TV. I mean, can you imagine this from Germany? It's uh, unbelievable.
0: Yes. And um, the mobilization, you talked about that. But it seems to me that Ukraine had a window before the mobilization had really kicked in. If they were going to mount an offensive. When there weren't the additional troops there, and they did not do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so now I think it's it's too late. If Ukraine is planning any offensive or traditional offensive, not a dirty bomb. If they're planning a traditional offensive, as you point out, the 300,000 troops have been mobilized by Russia, right? So it's too late for a traditional offensive. Do you agree?
2: Yes, I, I agree, because it takes time. And what I said, I think the Ukrainian army is not well trained and they have to use all the sophisticated weapons from the West. So they have to be trained. And the EU is saying, oh, yeah, we will train you in Germany or I think Sweden, the Netherlands, but it takes time. And they don't have so many uh, men in from Ukraine as the Russians have. So it's too late for them. That will not be, uh, yeah, it's too late.
0: And so in Moscow, I'm very curious, What's the what are the news headlines? What is the news in Moscow? What are Russian citizens seeing on TV, for instance, or reading in the papers about the war? What's the current? What would I know if I were in Russia?
2: Well, about the grain deal, we uh, see a lot, and uh, President Putin and but also other members of the Duma speak about this. That. Uh, they explained to the people on TV about what happened, actually, how, how the grain deal came. But recently, last week, it was a hot item, was the dirty bomb, of course, it still is, and the biological weapons and the biological laboratory in uh, Ukraine. And, uh, you know, the uh, inspector from the uh, IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, was in Zaporizhia. Now he didn't find anything, he said. And now he went, uh, or a team went to different, I think, three locations in um, western Ukraine to find out if there is nuclear material, what is dangerous. Well, the IAEA all the time says it's not dangerous. And... They are not uh, only, you know, it's only the Ukrainian side they mention, not the Russian side, but the Russian is trying to tell that the Ukrainians are attacking Saporizhia, and that's the largest nuclear plant in Europe, imagine this. So this is what we get in the news all the time, there are talk shows about it, uh, the headline news, you know, so this is what is yeah, playing here, the dirty bomb, it's very, uh, yeah, it's very hot item.
0: And from what you're seeing, is the morale of the citizens, the people, are the people still behind Russia in the conflict with Ukraine, from what you see, Sonia? Not everyone, obviously, because some people are going to disagree with anything. But are the people still largely on the side of Russia?
2: Yes, they are. What I can see is they are. I mean, we have to be honest. So Russia is honest. And I will tell you, I think, I don't know the exact number, maybe 100,000, maybe 200,000. I cannot tell you. But a lot of Russians, young men, they they went to Georgia because they don't want to fight. And this is, yeah, okay, you you have this, you know, in every war, in every country, you always have people who, who leave. But it's not the majority because Russia has 146 million people. So if it's 200,000, it's not the majority. It's the minority, a small minority, actually, what has left. And mainly these young people who are maybe IT specialists, you know what I mean, this kind of people. So the majority is still behind what is going on. Yes, it's, it's what I can see from the headlines, what you see here in where I live, it's yeah, you see all pictures of soldiers, and but yeah, I can feel that it's you see it, you that the majority is still behind what uh, what is going on.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm hearing too. But it's good to hear from someone on the ground in Moscow to mm-hmm. get the truth, what's actually going on, and again. The standard can't be does every single person agree with it because war is bad. So you're never going to find everybody agreeing on a war. In the U.S., World War II, there are some people who are opposed to World War II. And any war, you're going to get some people in favor. But it sounds like most people are really in favor of this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, right. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's important to uh, because it was first a military conflict, but I think it's important to win this war because I think now the Russians also know or mean we try to tell them here as well that it's not only that the West was good, and the West uh, still people are good, but the governments of the West want war. This is what they want under the pretext of the green new deal and uh, no fossil fuels and so on. They want this war. And this is bad, and Russia must be preserved from this, must be preserved from this crazy uh, woke ideology and so on. And this is actually what it's all about, you know?
0: Right, against the new world order. Talk about the Green New Deal and how you see that fitting into this. Because a lot of liberals, Western liberals, are in favor of that. A lot of people on the left in, in, in America are in favor of the Green New Deal. But how does that fit into this, Sonia?
2: Well, I think, uh, I might have it wrong, but this is what the signs say, is that uh, the Green New Deal is actually, you know, uh, the fossil fuels have to go, we have to go all on uh, solar energy, wind energy, uh, electrical cars, and so on. And, uh, but on the other hand, uh, Europe especially, I think the U.S. too, uh, they are bankrupt. You know, they're printing money, printing money for years already. So uh, they need all these things to change the whole economy. they keep on telling the people and because of this, and they have to keep uh, they tell the people that we don't need fossil fuels anymore. and a war with Russia would be good because you know the gas you know more gas Russia is the evil one. they will not send gas anymore. see it's bad and we have to uh, think of our own. Uh, things to have here we have to have wind energy solar energy so the war fits in perfectly for the green new deal actually
0: yes and that's affected a lot of things in your country than of holland right a lot of this has affected netherlands the whole farmer protest was largely about an aspect of the green new deal correct
2: mm-hmm, correct and it is uh, holland is uh you can say the laboratory for the World Economic Forum. Everything is an experiment. Where an experiment is in the Netherlands because it's a small country, and uh, so yeah, the, the farmers have to go. I mean, ninety percent have to go. They even now introduce to eat worms or insects in on the schools. So I mean, it's 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 crazy what they do. It's it's really yeah, it's sick if you think about it, and. Uh, I don't know where it will end. I I, uh, hope, uh, still hope that people will resist. They do. Like for instance, in Germany, every Monday evening, they walk around in the cities and in the Netherlands, like this coming weekend, there's a big demonstration going on uh, with David Eich. Maybe you heard that. It's now prohibited for him to enter the Netherlands. So, I mean, (laughs) so far with uh, (laughs) freedom of speech. Yeah.
0: Cannot come, yeah. This this so David, David, I can't go to the Netherlands. That's interesting.
2: No. Yeah, no, no. It's uh, no because he's too dangerous. Because he's an anti-Semite. <laughs> I mean, this is what they all the time say when somebody is against the norm. Then you are an anti-Semite. So it's um, it's easy, yeah, easy and thing of course, to say.
0: I, David Ike I interviewed him, and he was um a, a spokesman at one point for the Green Party. So David Icke is not a guy who hates trees, he's not an anti-environmentalist, but he's a sane person, and he sees the way that concern is being used by the New World Order, right Sonia?
2: Yes, that's what I think too, I mean, uh, you don't have to agree with everything he says, but I read some books from him and I watched him, you know, some documentaries and what he's saying. And, and the majority, what he says, yeah, it's correct. He's against the New World Order. He tried to uh, tell the people what what's going, or what is coming. And he was right, because we see it happening these days. And what he said, he was from the Greens, and he's not a violent person. I can see that. So, yeah, but right. he's not allowed to enter. Yeah. Anti-Semites. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we talked about that with him before, too. That's the accusation they used against everybody Mm-hmm. At, at the drop of a hat now. Mm-hmm. We had Yakov Shapiro mm-hmm. on the show, an anti-Zionist rabbi. He's been accused of anti-Semitism. And he's a rabbi <laughs> because he's against Zionism. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's very so,
2: terrible.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's late in Moscow, so we'll let like, get to bed. But it's a great talking you Sonia Van Den. Thanks so much for appearing.
2: Thanks, Servi.
0: And let's take a short break. And when we come back, there's more on the backstory. I'm Lee Stranahan, and we are back on The Backstory, the show that brings you the truth behind the headlines. This is The Backstory. So, Rod, great interview with Sonia. And I think she really brought, you know, she tied this in to the new world order agenda. And I think she's exactly right. This really is a battle of Russia versus the WEF-led EU and U.S., but I would say, and the thing is, the Liz trust story shows is how central the U.K. is to all this. Do you agree, Rod? Oh, yeah.
1: Which also brings us into it because we're unfortunately we're tied at the hip with, uh,
0: with with U.K. Yes, and the U.K. has really been a very active part of the military stuff. And we'll talk with Ian Schilling about that next hour. But let me talk about what I saw yesterday at the Christie Nome Tulsi Gabbard event. First off, uh, it was at the same place that Mike Lindell, member the My Pillow guy, was out in Sioux Falls a few months ago. Right. Yeah. So it was at the same place he did that event. It's like a big VFW hall. Think think of it like that. It's got a stage, and an audio system, and all that. So it's a pretty big venue, you know. Not, you know, not like a Trump rally, but not like a Biden rally. Not four people and a, a cup of water. So, uh, Christy Nome, her lieutenant governor, came out and did an opening speech, and then Christy came out and did a speech, pointing out that South Dakota has one of the best economies in the United States because we did not really shut down during the pandemic. So we did not have a lot of businesses go out of business. Now, she took credit for that and that's fine. She was governor. So some people might quibble with that, that she didn't do everything she could to keep businesses open, but I'm not gonna quibble. It was a campaign rally. She was pointing out the good things about South Dakota. I, I get that. Then Tulsi came out, and Tulsi gave a very good speech uh, that talked about the why she left the Democratic Party. What she said was, how could she be part of a party? And Tulsi ties a lot of this in, to, you know, a lot of people in South Dakota might be skeptical of Tulsi Gabbard because she was a Democrat. Does that make sense, Ron? Yeah, South- yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so what she does is she finds common ground with the people. And the thing she's got going for her is she's a veteran. She was in the National Guard. She served in the military. And she just obviously, you know, you could not say Tulsi Gabbard is a person who hates America, right? It, 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 it comes out in all her speeches, she loves America, she's a patriotic American. And even as a Democrat, that's who she was. So she said, as a patriotic American who loves the America and the Constitution, she cannot sit by and watch the Democratic Party try to take away people's freedoms at every turn. And I think that is a good way of defining what the Democrats are doing. They're trying to take away constitutionally protected freedoms every chance they get. Do you agree with that assessment, Rod?
1: One thousand percent percently, especially freedom of speech, because then everything else after that comes with it. Even even the you know the right to bear arms and to defend ourselves. So I definitely agree with that.
0: And so she talked about that, and so she said, "Christy Nome, it's a clear choice." Between Christine Noem and her Democratic opponent, who supported the Biden administration at every step, and she's right about that. Now that we're not in the primary anymore, we're in the general election. A hundred percent. The important thing is to go out and support Republicans now. And I'm not—I'm not a partisan Republican, but do you see why I'm saying. I really think the stakes are very high here. If the Democrats win any seats, and, and obviously they're going to win some, but it's a danger to America and the Constitution. And I'm not trying to be over or over-dramatic. I really think that. Rod, what say
1: you? No, I, I agree with you, Lee. It seems, no, it doesn't seem it, it, it is you know the position that people who enter the democrats they're more uh on the side of corruption and the uh the security apparatus and the uh intelligence agencies they'll do whatever to just be a part of uh you know just be a part of the brass and just have that protection of i'm a democrat i'm a politician i'm a congressman or so on
0: now we've got more clips but i'm going to save them till after the break because i want to get to them all uh so this is very disturbing that Biden is out there lying. Did you see his speech last night again, promoting democracy?
1: Um, I saw parts of it, Lee, and it's just you know, I mean, it's just it's just like an old man punching that air. You know, it's just a shame that they keep bringing him out here to read up to read all this, all these stupid uh, statements that that they're writing up for him to read these speeches.
0: And there's nothing about this that democracy as a concept is threatened. Does that make sense? That the idea, even if you grant his premise, even if you oppose January 6th and didn't like that, democracy was never threatened. What would have happened to democracy? Nothing. You know, we're seeing this in the world. For instance, as you see Imran Khan in Pakistan? Which was was shot today. Imran Khan is asking for new elections. It is common around the world. People don't like election results. It's common. It happened in Brazil. Even in Israel. Netanyahu's won, right? But it was not conceded the first minute. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: 100%. I mean, only (laughs) just in the past what uh two three years well two years now you can't question elections but anytime before that i mean we can go we can play a whole two-hour show of just politicians on both democrat and republican questioning elections
0: and saying that they were invalid by the way notice one thing about the media the media had a bug up their butt about russian hacking for four years Right? Four years, Russian hacking was the nightmare. It was keeping them up at night. Does that make sense, Rod? But now that Liz Truss's phone was hacked by Russia and Russia's saying it, are you seeing ABC and CNN and MSNBC talk all about that story? No,
1: no, no, because they realize that if you know, if you. If you bring attention to this story, Lee, that it's gonna be like, well, this this proves that everything that Russia's been saying, that the UK, the US have been trying to sabotage Russia and bring them into a full-on war.
0: And let me point out the trick that they're doing. And I really want people to watch out for this. Really be careful. So when Hillary Clinton's emails were put online by WikiLeaks, okay? So when Julian Assange released the emails the first ones from the DNC, and they showed that uh, Hillary Clinton had taken over the Democratic Party during the primaries and ruined the Bernie Sanders campaign by rigging the election. That's what they showed, right? Now, so that's a big story. Hillary Clinton took over the Democratic Party secretly, and that's a hundred percent true. And she rigged it against Bernie Sanders. They shifted from that big story to the story focused on the emails were hacked by Russia. You follow me? They ignored the big story and they focused on Russian hacking. Does that make sense, Rod? Yeah, exactly. So in this, and we'll talk about it afterwards, they're avoiding the big story, which is Liz Truss and the UK are criminals, and they're avoiding that to talk about Russian hacking in the UK media. We'll take a break and talk more about that after this break on Backstory. back on The Backstory, the show that brings you the truth behind the headlines. I'm investigative journalist, Lee Stranahan, and this is The Backstory. Investigators, a tough word for me, so I'm sorry about that, but I look into things. There you go. So we're back in The Backstory, and this hour, we have the great Ian Schilling with us in about a half hour on The Backstory. So, Rod, I I hope I'm making this point clearly. I do not want people to get distracted by the hacking. In other words, the hacking is true. And it was admitted in the Times of London by the head of MI6, Younger, a couple days ago. The hacking is a minor part. I'll put it like this. The big thing is that the UK actively bombed, because you heard that Liz Truss sent a message to the US, it's done, right after the Nord Stream 2 pipeline was bombed. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, to uh, blinking, I believe.
0: Yes, to blinking.
1: Yeah, so this, this just tells you how stupid these people are, that you would, you know, just stamp wise well if you know if it, the bombs go off and then she's tough texting it's done and then Anthony Blinken's saying okay thank you and now you got three you know four instances you can line up and say well you know here's your evidence
0: and and that was before the the bombing had become widespread news so does that make sense Rod so,
1: yeah, no, that's what i'm saying that i'm saying not the the media timeline but the actual timeline of when the bombing right. happened because there's cameras down there i believe as well so all that would coincide and that's and then that just shows why she had to resign so quickly you know once they're like you know uh, you know i don't maybe maybe they sent her a message knowing like hey you've been hacked and we we see everything you've you've, you've uh, been messaging yeah now,
0: now uh So let's go to calls real quickly, 202-521-1320. Our friend from D.C., Ingrid, is online. Ingrid, what's on your mind?
4: Uh, Haley, they're also talking about this hack being accomplished supposedly because of the Israeli spyware Pegasus. I don't know if that's true or if it needs to be true because— Back in 2014, the Russians also hacked into that phone call between Newland and Piatt, which Victoria Newland said Riley. Well, that was great tradecraft, and thank goodness they did. This is the only way we know about these things. Um, I want to go on to my Assange topic about going out on election day and campaigning to put. Julian Assange's name in front of the general public, I just had a very heated discussion with someone who says, well, it's a great idea, but that sign, vote for Assange, that's very confusing to people. Well, okay, you don't like that sign? Make your own sign. Say whatever you want. But you're wasting an opportunity to go out where people are congregated, people who actually vote, people who actually participate in this country's democracy, and uh, give them a message. And you know who's not losing any opportunities is those Diane Sayre supporters who are going right into these meetings and confronting people like Obama and AOC with their march to nuclear war. So you can tell I'm a little bit agitated, but please consider going out on Tuesday with some kind of a sign that supports Julian Assange.
0: Yes please do and I'm agitated too because I'll say this I want to see uh, let me urge some Republican to interrupt a Kevin McCarthy rally. Kevin McCarthy's you know the highest ranking Republican in the house I and mean, have you seen what McCarthy's saying Rod
1: well, recently, um, I haven't seen him in about two days or so, so I haven't seen it. Okay, said.
0: Do you, let's talk about, do you know what his stump speeches, A stump speech is a politician's go-to speech. It's a speech that they give pretty much every time. Does that make sense, Rod? Right, right. So his current stump speech, Kevin McCarthy, Republican, is saying that Russia and Putin is Hitler. He is equating Putin to Hitler in his Trump speech. And I want some Republican to stand up and call Kevin McCarthy a lying warmonger. Any Republicans have the guts that some progressive liberals have taking on AOC and Obama, standing up and yelling at them. I've not seen a Republican in the audience yell at Kevin McCarthy for a stupid statement that actually, the people who worked with Hitler are the Ukrainian Nazis that this Ukrainian regime worships. Stefan Bandera worked with, with Hitler, worked with the Nazis. That's the Nazis. Do you see what I'm saying, Rod? I want someone to interrupt a Kevin McCarthy speech. And I'm afraid that a lot of Republicans talk big online, talk big on Twitter. When it comes down to it, they don't walk the walk. And that was a big discussion last night because about Christine Ellen being someone who walked the walk and didn't just talk the talk. But does my irritation, I really mean it. If Kevin McCarthy was gonna be speaking around here, I would go and stand up, I swear to God. You've gotta realize it does take some guts. You're going to be very nervous before you stand up, but you'll feel good afterwards for confronting this liar, comparing Putin to Hitler. He is talking us into nuclear war as much as AOC or Obama or anyone. Does that make sense, Ron?
1: Yeah, no, that that's pretty stupid, leader. Just That's what you're saying frequently around the country, that that Putin's comparable. You know, it's just— you know, hates a strong word, but I just hate how when people compare someone they don't like to to Hitler, you know, like well, you know how many it's just, it's just so stupid and just so low and cheap
0: yes. and and com- the opposite of the truth, because the people who actually worked with the actual Hitler were the Ukrainians, including Lebed and uh, who was protected by the CIA and lived in this country for decades after the war. And Stefan Bandera, who is worshipped, every January 1st, they have the Tiki Torch March Parade in Kiev and other places around Ukraine to celebrate the guy who collaborated with the Nazis. Not to mention Azov. But Kevin McCarthy deserves to be disrupted. And until I see Republicans do what the liberals do, you know what I'm saying about not walking the walk. It's easy for Republicans to get up on Twitter and talk about how bad they think squishy, you know, uh, rhinos like McCarthy are. Really, don't talk about McCarthy on Twitter. He is a warmonger, and he is taking us as close to nuclear war as AOC. In fact, I would say they would not have a chance of the. This policy would not be in place. All the money that Republicans sh- complain about going to Ukraine, that would not be happening if not for the Republicans voting for it. Do you agree with me, Rod?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Lee. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't just blame all this on the on the Democrats. And uh, I know a lot of Republicans want to keep arms length away, but a lot of them have agreed to this from the beginning. Maybe some of them are backing out now, but. You know, what? why did you agree in the beginning? And, you know, what made you go all in? Because it's Putin and it's Russia and we, we must hate them. They're our lifelong enemy, you know, and all, and all this stupid crap that comes out of their mouths. So, yeah, and McConnell, McConnell and McCarthy are definitely getting us And just, The reason just
0: I say much. he's not backing off it is he's giving that Putin Hitler speech now. Someone interrupt him, please, for the love of God. If you're worried about a nuclear war, Kevin McCarthy is a big threat to you. So let's get to some of clips. Let's talk about a Biden on political violence in that speech he gave at Union Station last night. Biden's new thing on democracy. So let's play it, hit it.
5: don't settle America with a riot, a mob, or a bullet, or a hammer? We sell them peaceably at the battle at the ballot box, the ballot box.
0: So was he that worried about when Rand Paul got beat up? Was he worried when Steve Scalise and others were shot at? Was he worried about that, Rod?
1: No, around that time he was talking about uh, beating, taking uh, Trump out to the barn and, and fighting him, just fighting him. That was around the same time he, that's what he was doing. So he's been encouraging political violence the last four or five years.
0: And I remember when the White House was surrounded, and riot cops were fighting people, and they set fire to the church across from the White House. Remember that? There was not a peep for the Democrats about political violence. Now let's go to Biden's final warning. Prepare to be warned. Hit it
5: decided a few days ago that it was important to issue one final warning on this issue to make very clear, to leave no doubt, that we have people out there still peddling the big lie. People now raising the issue of election denial in this election.
0: The big lie is that this is a legitimate president. This is a person who got into office on the backs of of social media banning a true story about his son's laptop that revealed corruption on his part. This is the most corrupt, openly corrupt administration. And he doesn't even care that he lied to people over and over again and said that laptop story was fake. That's what really bothers me, among other things, but that Biden lied over and over about I never knew anything about my son's business dealings. That was a blatant lie. Right, Rod?
1: Oh, yeah. One hundred percent, Lee. I mean, this this whole administration's a joke and, you know, they they know it. And that's why they don't uh, really uh, mingle with the public. And, you know, talk about what happened uh, when the White House was surrounded. Now, how many layers of walls is there? Like three different layers of walls to get to the White House now. So uh, that's how much of a legitimate president he is
0: so let's go to this clip this is Tucker talking about this finally some sanity so hit it
1: tonight Biden traveled across the city of Washington to Union Station Built- by Teddy Roosevelt more than 100 years ago, Union Station was for generations one of the most beautiful public buildings in this country. Under Joe Biden, it has become a homeless encampment, a place that is too filthy and too dangerous for Starbucks. Standing at this monument to his own failures, Biden proceeds to do what he now so commonly does, bark at the rest of us for our moral failures. The guy who showered with his daughter is telling you you're a bad person. Tonight's topic, democracy. Here's a taste of it.
0: No, and then we played some of the tests of it, but Tucker's exactly right. And chiding people, trying to humiliate people and intimidate people is the tool that he's got. And he's got on his side the entire US media, right? And they don't question all the things about this president that are not legitimate. But they act as though questioning his legitimacy. Is an attack on democracy and elsewhere, Tucker said something good in that show. He was saying, if you want people to have faith, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, if you want people to have faith in the media, start telling them the truth. And I've said the same thing. People don't trust the media because the media lies and plays along with the Biden game here. If the media would say, look, I've never seen this from one person, you know, they could say something like, I'm opposed to what happened January 6th. But we must acknowledge that Biden lied to people over and over again about his son's laptop and about his son's business dealings. Do you ever see anyone, Rod, who says, thing one is true? But also thing two, I'm aware of only our show doing that. Do you see what I'm saying, Rod?
1: Yeah, no, for surely, and it's it's just uh, you know, I, I see on different channels that have nothing to do with politics have been <laughs> have been covering the Biden. Laptop story. And I'm talking about just recently in the last couple of months, last couple of weeks, even as more stuff comes out, video clips and pictures versus the the actual media, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC and all that CBS. So you're talking about people with, you know, very, very small outreach, maybe a couple thousand, maybe 10,000, maybe even 100,000 subscribers on YouTube or whatever versus the media who do not by all means do not want to touch anything that will make the Biden regime look bad.
0: So but what's going to happen is if the Republicans can take over the House, Biden will be impeached. And if the Republicans can get some more votes in the Senate, they won't have enough votes to impeach Biden. But as I said a couple of days ago, what will happen is Democrats will take Biden aside and say, don't fight this. It's going to be like what happened to Nixon. They did not impeach Nixon. When the writing was on the wall for Nixon, they took him aside and said, you need to resign. Biden is going to be forced to resign over the stuff that's on the laptop. Do you agree, Rod?
1: Um, I'm going to disagree with you on that, Lee. I think Biden's going to be left to the wind, and he's so out there. I'm talking about as an old man and any other health problems he has going on with him that I think he's going to <laughs> be left in the wind. He's just going to be like, you know what? I'm the president, and he's- they're going to be forced to impeach him.
0: So we'll see. I, you know, I wouldn't bet a big amount of money on this, but I think they'll try to get Biden to leave. I think Democrats will try to get Biden to leave because they'll realize how bad this will be. But Biden, you know, all the things that Tucker also said, something I've been saying for a while. The biggest problem with the Biden administration, in some senses, is not they're immoral and they're liars. And they hate the constitution. It's they're inept. It, this is a very inept administration. So even though the writings on the wall, if you were an advisor, think about this. If you were an advisor for Biden and you were trying to increase votes for Biden, would you have recommended that speech last night? I wouldn't have, because I would have said, who's gonna vote for us by making this speech? Does that make sense, Rod?
1: No, I've been saying that from the very beginning, Lee. This is a, you know, a combination of Biden's Biden's team, Obama and Clinton, and they're just all mangled together. And they, to me, are one of the stupidest administrations I've ever seen. And they think, you know, with all the degrees they have to combine, they can talk down to Americans and order them to vote for for, for Democrats.
0: If you're an independent voter and you're paying like six bucks a gallon for gas, and you're paying. Higher food prices, and the unemployment numbers went up, and you know, you're unemployed, and you see this talking about democracy, and being a threat. You would say, "So what? I'm not able to afford, you know, gas. That's why I care about." If Biden would come out, please- yeah, go ahead. No, I just wanted. I just wanted to
1: add something. Well, did you see that Aldi, Walmart, and other uh, grocery stores and supermarkets are rolling back their prices to 2019 prices? Really? Yeah, and they're marketing it that way as well. So we're rolling back our prices to 2019. Well, you know, the common person can be like, "Well, why? You know, what happened in 2019 to now?" And the you know the most glaring thing that they'll think of is that that it was a presidential change.
0: Yeah. And also the pandemic. So they're trying to put this in a pandemic. But as Mark Frost pointed out yesterday, the higher prices are due to printing more money. That was a problem. And admittedly, Trump did too much of that. Trump too much did we'll, well we'll throw money at the problem. You you agree with that, Rod? Yeah, he was too arrogant. He thought he you know, he thought he was
1: just gonna win. The election so you know i'll do this and then i'll get to, i'll get to my next administration and i'll fix it you know i'll figure things out and you know yeah. he didn't he didn't see what was coming with, with the uh you know 2020 election and how they took it so
0: i am I'm, I'm wondering i'm picturing biden and his advisors for pr and messaging sitting around the table and someone says let's do a democracy speech and who's saying yeah that's a great idea because it's a bad idea. Because do you know a single voter who is convinced by a speech rod? Anyone. Name one person who's going to listen to that. And they were like, well, I'm on the fence. I might vote for Democrats, but I might vote for Republicans. And then they go, well, yeah, democracy's at risk. So I'll vote for Democrats. Does that make sense, Rod?
1: No, that makes sense. Lee. No, I have no idea. Um- so it's just embarrassing for, you know, it's almost like if we were, you know, related to this administration you know, or a family member or something, you know, just as far as we looked at international and just like, we just ashamed that these are the people who represent us.
0: Now, the number of you want to be part of the conversation is 202-521-1320. And uh, were you swayed by the Biden speech last night? Were you not going to vote for Republicans, but now January 6th? So you're going to vote for Democrats, were you swayed?
1: <laughs> no, I was not. I was not swayed, Lee. Uh, January 6th means absolutely nothing to me. There was no, you know, there wasn't a, a an army of guns, machine guns or tanks or anything like that. That would have been like, wow, you know, these people really try to take over the Capitol. But no, it never, it never happened.
0: And also, Biden may act like there's not Democratic examples of political violence, but actually, People remember. Do you see what I'm saying? He may he may act like you know, i this is a broad philosophical point. But Biden can act like there's no such thing as recession. But people are still paying higher prices at the gas pump. So eventually, you know you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time forever. And that's why there are fewer and fewer Democrats, because Democrats buy gas. Does that make sense, Rod?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, Lee. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, this whole, uh, you know, we're talking about gas and uh, electrical vehicles is what the Biden administration is pushing on us. I keep hearing more and more problems with these electrical vehicles, vehicles, uh, Lee, as far as uh, traveling long distance, which might take you in a car, like six hours, it's taking them— double because I have to keep stopping at these uh, charging stations and, and so on.
0: And would you be, would you have a problem if, let's say, Elon Musk came out with a car that solved that problem? Would you be pissed off, Rod?
1: Would I be mad if he came out with a car? No, I wouldn't be upset.
0: Right. This is not a matter of not liking technology. This is a matter of what technology works now. I've talked to Jason Goodman on this show about this before. You can li- like technology, if and Elon Musk, more than anybody, has had huge innovations. R- remember when electric cars were first talked about? The first problem Elon solved was a car having sufficient pickup. Remember when electric vehicles first came out, they were like golf carts. You never take a yeah, golf yeah. cart on the highway. Does that make sense, Rod?
1: Oh no, exactly. Yeah, actually, I I, I haven't. I've never been in a Tesla, but I heard they're really fast.
0: Yes, and the first thing he did was solve that problem. But the next problem is a, a gas-powered vehicle. You know, people have been driving cross-country since the forties and fifties, as Jack Kerouac's book on the road shows. And they did it on gasoline. And so, also, you know, they talk about charging stations. Was there a government initiative to build gas stations, or did that just spring up naturally where people no. realize? Does that make sense? You see what yeah, I'm no, saying?
1: That's a natural entrepreneurial thing to do, you know, to give something that people need uh, gas stations. But these electrical vehicle st- uh, stations, they don't—they need gas <laughs> to charge the electrical yes. vehicle. So it's just, it just—it still doesn't. Just because you don't see the gas, doesn't mean it doesn't take gas to uh, power these electrical stations.
0: And I believe Elon Musk is good on his companies are very good on batteries. Did you ever see their giant battery that you can power a house with, Rod?
1: Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that, Lee.
0: I think that's cool. You know, a- anyone who owns a cell phone knows battery life has improved massively. And the fact that you can have a computer or a tablet that can run like 10 hours is amazing, and it's great, but it's not a problem that's been fully solved. So let's take a short break, and when we come back, there's a big clip we have about this Liz Trust thing. We'll get the bottom of everything that's going on in England with the great Ian Schilling coming up after this break on The Backstory. the Backstory, and on 105.5 FM AM 1390 in Washington, D.C. Joining us now to discuss what I think is the biggest story in the world right now that's going to have long-term implications, the hacking of Liz Truss and the revelation of how much the U.K. was behind everything in Ukraine. The great geopolitical analyst and friend of the show, Ian Schilling. Hey, Ian, how you doing? Hi, guys. Great to talk again. So, Ian, I'm going to play a clip first about this Liz Trust thing to set it up. So let's play the clip. Hit it.
3: This, this emerging, I think it was the Mail on Sunday yesterday, that Liz Truss's phone was, was hacked and, and this was all trouble. but I mean, you can't blame a, a foreign secretary for having her phone hacked, can you? I mean, it's not her fault her phone was hacked, surely?
5: Well, it, exactly. It, it, it's it's not her fault, but it is her fault. Um, and I'm, I'm rolling my eyes slightly because I think everyone needs to take responsibility for the digital exposure. But the Mail on Sunday had originally exposed the fact that her number had been on a Database um, that was easily accessible by anyone and they exposed that at the beginning of the month on the 2nd of October uh, along with other government ministers including Ben Wallace but also um, the opposition leader um, Sir yep. Keir Starmer and, and other MPs not just their phone numbers but also the logins to various accounts um, and I commented on that to say that that left them wide open to the Pegasus type attack which was used in tracking Kamal Khashoggi by the Saudis before they uh, murdered him in Explain Istanbul.
3: Explain how the Pegasus attacks were what what do they do
5: well, what the, what Pegasus does is it's a bit of software. It's, it's expensive, so it can only really be used by nation states. But, um, uh, by receiving a message, and it doesn't matter how the message is received on your phone, you don't need to open it. You don't need to click on links. You don't need to do anything else. Um, it can then gain access to everything that is on that device. Um, and that's created. We know of that because it's created by an Israeli company called NSO. Um, however, the Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans and others will have their own versions of it that we don't know about but this
3: is it if if someone sends you a text message and you even just delete it because you think well that looks a bit dodgy um at that point you're already infected now surely for people like the foreign secretary the defense secretary uh, the senior figures mi5 and mi6 chiefs uh, and and you know the prime minister across the board surely the the spooks go in on a regular basis and check their phones don't they
5: uh, they, they do, uh, and they will make sure that their, their proper work phones are as secure as they can be. Oh. They're never going to be completely secure.
0: Now, so, Ian, Ben Wallace, about five, a week before this was admitted in the Times of London and Younger, the head of MI6, admitted this. A week before that, he said publicly, right, that communications were not secure. Had you seen that? no i had not seen that but i've seen
6: all the stuff about liz truss's phone and and other 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 mp's and ministers being hacked and their all their details and text
0: messages being available now so do, do do you think i do actually i think it's liz truss's fault i think this shows gross incompetence because every country has spy you know, spy agencies, and they're always trying to hack each other. So do you blame this on list trust's incompetence, Ian? Yeah, it probably
6: is. I mean, all these
0: politicians
6: tend to have an official phone, right, that they use for official business, the the run-of-the-mill stuff, and then have another phone for anything that they want to keep secret, right, which isn't the official phone. That's what often happens. So they have two phone numbers, you know, one for close contacts that can get through to them urgently with something secret and something for other routine, you know, stuff that they get phoned up about all the time, right? So they know which phone, if it's urgent, because if it's a routine phone, they can they can just ignore it and answer it later or whatever. But if it's if it's on their private number, then they'll probably answer it straight away. So that that that's probably what is happening all these, because all the official phones, I mean, they've got top notch anti spyware software on it, and they? they've got state of the art, because they wouldn't issue it otherwise, because everybody tries to hack everybody else's phones, don't they, all the time? Right? So I mean the spooks will probably be checking the official phone every day to see if it's been infected. Right? And of important people like the Prime Minister, they'll be checking it every day. Right, but they're private phones. They might not even know they've got the private phone.
0: No, right. Now I also found it interesting, that was a clip from British TV, uh or or radio actually. But uh uh they were more focused on the hacking than the fact that it revealed that the UK was behind bombing Nord Stream two. No discussion of that. That's a big story to me. This revealed that the UK has a much more active role in Ukraine than we've been led to believe. What do you think of that, Ian?
6: Uh, well, the UK does have a much more active role than what is appearing in the mainstream media. But I'm not sure we've got the evidence that Liz Truss was directly involved in the bombing of the uh, or the sabotage of the Nord Stream 2. The only evidence I've seen is Kim.com posted a tweet out saying that she said, sent a text to Anthony Blinken saying it's done. Well, I don't think that a tweet from Kim.com counts as evidence. But there's all sorts of other evidence that's going around. Uh, Germany had their investigation of the explosion, as they would do, and then they said they wouldn't reveal the results of their investigation because it would harm international relations. So it was done by by an allied country or a friendly country. Because if it was Russia, they would release the results, wouldn't they? So it's it's it was done by a NATO country. So I mean, there's various options of that, or a combination is of the uh, probably the US, the UK, and Poland, right? or a combination of them. Now, that would I've be seen the most that. likely suspect. And Sweden kept their investigation results secret as well. They're not they're not I- issuing their results. So, so I mean, it's it's got to be a, a, a NATO country that
0: did it. And do you think? Uh, what, but uh, let's point out the, the report mentioned it. Liz Truss was not the only one whose phone was hacked. But Keir Starmer was also, his phone was hacked, head of labor and presumptive next prime minister of the UK. So we've have people been assuming that Keir Starmer will be a prime minister eventually in
6: well, that's what the globalists want, and what they've been planning for years to 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 get put in place. Yes, and the, the next election, whenever that 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 will be, he'll, he'll be the favourite to win it now because the Tories are just a complete chaos. They just they just you know muck things up completely. They the the economy is a disaster. And uh, people's standard of living is suffering, and all the all the uh, all the stories about all the lockdowns, all the harms of that, is coming out, and whatever else. So the Tories are massively down in the polls; they get wiped out in the next election. So the Tories don't want a next election, right? They, were, they its not scheduled until twenty twenty-four, right? But so the now Tories will try and delay try it. To- Keir Starmer will try and try and get it moved forward.
0: They do something there that we don't do in America, but I actually kind of like, is every week or so, the leader of one party has to go up and answer questions from the leader of a second party. So Keir Starmer was recently asking questions of Rishi Schumach, the Prime Minister of the UK and head of the Tories. And I heard Keir Starmer looked very bad in that. Did you see that, Ian? No,
6: I didn't see that. I mean, it's all a political circus show. It's all done for political point scoring. They don't ask the hard questions. Right? They, ne- they never, they never try and dispute the official narratives of anything about about important things like lockdowns or vaccines or the war in Ukraine or whatever. They just try and do political point scoring. Right? It's, it's just, it's just a circus. It's a political show thing. And then, yes. then, then all the commentators—hey, who thought they'd won the debate? But it wasn't a debate; it's a load of rubbish.
0: And, but is Kyrsten an impressive politician? Just even if you like his policies, which is insane, but I don't think he's a particularly impressive politician at all. He, he
6: doesn't make—he doesn't make inspiring speeches or something. But he's smarmy, right? He, you know, he. he he, he he's, he's certainly more classy than Boris Johnson or whatever. Like he he knows yeah you know, how to act and how to speak or whatever. He, so his policies might be absolutely disastrous and catastrophic, but but you know he, he talks as if they're they're rational. <laughs> but so he's now quite a good talker, to... but he's not a great. He doesn't do great speeches. He's never done a great speech that inspires people to do anything.
0: Now we were talking to Sonia van den and last hour from moscow and she's a reporter over there and she tied the ukraine war directly into the WF. how do you see the ukraine war and the WF, the world economic forum related to him
6: well the wef all for the ukraine war they want to overthrow russia don't they they want to they want to destroy russia and break it up so then it's not a threat to the current establishment system and the new world order, the one world government, right? So Putin and China are the main, main countries that are... Are stopping it. I don't know how much China is because the W F is got its feet all over China and is you know collaborating with Xi Jinping and whatever but on all sorts of things. And the corporations are all doing business in China and whatever. So the W F and the global elites well, are, are, their long term plan is to move the center of power from Washington D C to Beijing over the next you know thirty years or something. That's, that is their plan. When America collapses, the dollar collapses. They all move, move to Beijing, just like, just like the center of powers in London before World War Two, and it moved, moved to
0: Washington and New York after World War Two. And also, uh, Sonia brought up the Green New Deal. How do you see environmental policy fitting into the WF's agenda?
6: It's it's absolute absolutely fisting glove. They, 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 I mean, the whole purpose of this net zero and the green agenda is to impoverish and enslave people. Right? If people have got less money and they're worried about how they're going to feed their family, they're going to they're going to have less time protesting or or doing something about it. So, I mean, that they want they want to they want to reduce people's mobility. They want to spy on them all the time, twenty four. 7 surveillance on everything everybody does 24/7 surveillance on everything that they spend with these central bank digital currencies and other other spying doing social credit scores so you know if you speak out against the government or wf policies then you'll get a black mark on your social credit score right oh oh dear you can't you can't have your pension this month because you we posted something on social media we don't like <laughs> I mean, this is what it's going to come to, just like China does. saying, oh no, you can't book a book a flight because your social credit score is below X, so you can't book a long t- long distance train journey or a, or a plane journey because your social credit score is too low. And that's what they'll do. That's what they that's what they're planning to do to bring in total slavery. They'll absolutely control, and it'll be at the absolute end of any democracy because now. Now, if you don't like the government, you can you can send donations to somebody that you do like. Right, that might be a fringe political party, in the U.S. a Libertarian Party, it might be you know non one of the non two mainstream ones, or in the U.K. the Reform Party or something. But they will stop all that because they will say, well, we don't approve the donations to these groups. Right? And alternative media, you know, there's there's hundreds of alternative n- news sites that all rely on donations by their readers. You know, five, ten, hundred dollars at a time, don't they? Right? And they they will them out. Say, oh no, that's uh, that's an invalid group. You can't send money to that group. Right? So all all the all the dissent, they'll try they clamp down even more on whatever dissent there is, and you won't be able to put, to fund other political parties and organisations of political protests, they say, well, you can't post that on social media. That's a protest against government and WF policy. We're not allowing that. Oh, you want to do do an eco-protest and sit in the road because of fossil fuels? Oh, that's lovely. You can go ahead with that one. (laughs) But anything that's that's against the we will ban it.
0: Now, so, you're correct. Censorship is a big part it goes hand in hand with their agenda and i would say that you if you have a so-called democracy and no free speech and censorship it's not a democracy right no, d- d- democracy only exists with a well-informed populace the
6: people have to be well-informed about what what the priorities and the and the, the you know the 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 allegiances and, and you know, who's paying them, what they're being bribed with to have any idea of who to vote for. And that's all covered up in the mainstream media. They never, I mean, the mainstream media never posts a list of big donors to, to American politicians or British politicians or, or to the Tory party or the Labour party, or it's very rare that they do, right? They don't publish this thing. It's all a system of corruption and bribery. Right? They bribe all the politicians and all the media are bribed by the corporations, the drugs companies, the arms companies, the banks, and whatever. Right, and they don't publish any story that goes against the corporate line. Right, so so you don't get any anti-war stuff on mainstream media, the exception of Tucker Carlson sometimes, because all the arms companies have got their hooks into CNN and the uh, New York Times and whatever. So uh, you never see any anti-war articles in the mainstream media. Uh, You never see any anti-vaccine articles in the mainstream media because the drugs companies have bought them all off
0: as well. And Sonia mentioned that her country, Holland, has banned David Icke, who used to be a green spokesman. So he's a guy who's not opposed to the environment. He likes trees. Have you heard about David Icke being banned by Holland? No, I didn't know about that. <laughs> but it, I'll bet it doesn't surprise you, right?
6: <laughs> no, it doesn't surprise me in the least. But all, with uh, with the globalist policies going on in, in Holland to confiscate all the Dutch farmers' land, yeah, turf them off their own land to prevent them from growing food. Brilliant.
0: Now, you, you, were talking, you mentioned Tucker Carlson, and I've heard... From people in the UK, and I thought about it, but I'm not in the UK, so I don't know that there's no equivalent of Tucker Carlson in the UK. There's no one in the media taking a pro freedom, pro liberty stand like Tucker Carlson does. Is that true?
6: Ian? Well, well, you're right, and a big audience, but GB News, which just started up about a year or two ago, right, is. It does voice dissent about some of the stuff, right? and there's there's two or three um, presenters on there that that are quite vocal. So there's Mark Stein who's speaking out about all the vaccine injuries, and there's the Coast guy Neil somebody I can't remember what his name is, um, who speaks out against all all the all the uh, COVID restrictions and medical tyranny that's going on, and all the. All, all, all the oppression that's basically going on by the by the politicians of both parties. So it's, no. on, it's only got a very low very low audience and, and Ofcom which is the regulator in the in the UK is trying to shut it down.
0: <laughs> now how are they trying to shut down?
6: Because essentially, because they say 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 say, you know, like, like Mark Stein who, who brings out vaccine injured people, and they say, well, that goes against official government guidelines and not it's harmful content and isn't allowed. So we're gonna ban you if you continue. We'll ban you from the airways if you continue.
0: And of course, they Ukraine accused Russia of saying they were shut down Telegram. And Sonia pointed out it's not true. Telegram is operating in Russia but we know the British government shut down RT and Sputnik as soon as the military action started right
6: yes yes yeah the only way a british person can can look at any rt content or whatever or sputnik content is to get a vpn address and pretend that they are in america or somewhere
0: yes and no one in the us media said why is british why the british censoring media they should be in favor of open debate no one said that and was there any pushback at all in the uk when they started banning rt and Sputnik? did anyone not say in anything the mainstream.
6: no not in the yeah. mainstream not not nothing in the mainstream i mean certain alternative media alternative media sites all put, all were against it and spoke up against it i mean yeah dozens of them. But, I mean, they're, 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 their audience is tiny, you know. A BBC might get 600,000 watching the evening news uh, you know, every evening. And, uh, you know, the, the alternative media people might get one or th- one or 2,000 if they're lucky. So, you know, it's, it's very difficult.
0: So does the mainstream media, do you hear anything about ratings over there? Are less people watching the mainstream media, do you think?
6: Oh, they definitely are. They definitely are.
0: the the number
6: the, the amount, the amount of people who are watching the mainstream news shows has gone down. the the, the audience numbers are, are definitely going down, and the distrust in the media generally is is plummeting. You know, it's like about thirty percent of people now trust the
0: corporate media. Right, uh,
6: twenty years ago that would have been seventy percent.
0: No, right. And uh, do you think they just tuned out? Where do you think those people went? To alternative well there's lots of other sources
6: aren't there and they're all alternative media and some are better than others but i mean there's there's hundreds of other sources apart from the bbc and and, and the, you know the mainstream newspapers and the, and itv to go to to get to get viewpoints there's there's hundreds of sources you can go to right? and you have to find out for yourself which ones you, you think you can trust and which aren't so good but, I mean, that's supposed to be a, that's a of trial and error and seeing what, what, what they produce over a period of time and whether whether they, they're consistently on the side of truth or they're a bit dodgy.
0: So, in a sense, the censorship is backfiring. Would
6: you agree? Well, well, that's why they're clamping down even more, yes, because they tried censoring it and shutting down the alternative sources of information, and that turned off people. has turned off even more people. Right? and and people people uh, you know, all, all the you know people be you know below eighty or 90 or something they all go and surf the internet all the time, so they've got all these sites to go to. I mean there's, all, there's there's still large numbers of people that just go to Facebook and whatever and get brainwashed with disinfo from that. but I mean there's lots more people finding out that there are other sources and other sites that are telling a totally different story about loads of different things. And they say, well, I've never heard that before. Oh, what's going on here? Right? And it you know, sparks their, their curiosity, and then they might go and find something.
0: Yeah, so so uh, since R- Richard Schumach has has been in office as prime minister, it seems like the economy has somewhat stabilized. In other words, it's not in a free fall. And so it's yeah, the
6: exchange rate at low, the exchange rate yeah. is yeah is stabilised about one ten to the dollar now, or between one ten and one fifteen to the dollar now. Used to be right. one thirty, 130, one thirty five though, not so long ago.
0: Right, stabilised at a lower level, but yeah, uh, and and the Bank is, of England
6: just increased rates by three quarters of a percent to three percent, so that'll put all people's mortgages up. But that will, you know. <laughs> That will somewhat stabilize the value of the U.K. government debt. Which will do what? Well, all the pension funds were bleeding money because the stock market was collapsing and the value of their bond holdings was collapsing. Just like in America, the pension funds are bleeding cash because because both the the stocks and bonds are going down in value.
0: Now, here in the United States, there's some people, every time – Ukraine asks for more money. Every time Ukraine asks for more billions, there's a lot of people who push back and say, why are we giving our money to this country? Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but they're not our country. Are people saying that in the UK? There's very little of that. There's there's lots more of that in, uh, in America
6: with, you know, Republican politicians like um, Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, "Why are we sending all these billions to to Ukraine when you know people are struggling to pay their heating bills?" And as a few other Republican politicians saying the same thing, but there's no one speaking out in the UK. There's no politicians in the UK speaking out against it.
0: None. But but I assume people are thinking it because when they're paying higher mortgage. And higher price for petrol and everything else, and they hear about, you know, I'll put it like this: Bojo, since he's left as prime minister, is essentially working for Ukraine, right? He started yeah. a pro-Ukraine group there in London, right? Well, he's basically working
6: for Ukraine, yeah, and he, he's probably got his eye on being the next NATO Secretary General
0: or something like that. Yes. Yes, and so people see that and they see their mortgages higher and they see they're paying more at the gas pump uh and they know that the money is going to that the politicians do are any politicians expressing what the people are concerned about about their mortgage rates are are they no not about what to-
6: I've seen they they just they just they, i mean all the mainstream press is trying trying to pretend it came out of thin air it's not It's not the process of printing trillions of dollars or or hundreds of billions of pounds or trillions of euros that suddenly created inflation. No, it all came out of the blue. I mean, Christine Lagarde, the president of the ECB said, oh, we didn't know inflation was coming. It came out totally out of the blue. It's got nothing to do with the with the 3000 trillion euros we printed during lockdown. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, the mainstream media go along unquestioningly with it all. Right? There's, there's not not anybody. I mean, there's not, not the uh, the economists in in the UK and Europe like there is in America. I mean, there there are dissenting in economy. I mean, Ron Paul is a dissenting economist. He said, "Well, all this, all the all these uh, booms and busts are called by the Federal Reserve ma- manipulating the money supply and the interest rates," which is correct. Right? And all, all these inflation is caused by the government printing trillions and trillions of dollars, which is also correct. Right? And eventually it catches up. Right? And there's a few other economic commentators on various things, like David Stockton or Paul Craig Roberts and people like that all say all, all saying the same thing. So so there, there's more people in America that understand economics than there is in, in Europe. Because Europe is just totally brainwashed. But at least, I mean, the, the Austrian school of economics is, is far bigger in America than it is in Europe.
0: Right. People like von and Hayek, for instance.
6: Yeah. Now, yeah, those people, yeah. Rothbard. You're yeah.
0: right. Now, is it going to hit people hard? Because I think England is headed for a rough winter. Do you think that's the case, Ian? Are you seeing a lot yes. of local small businesses shut down as have a lot of local shops shut in England No not at the
6: moment because now now we're in the run up to Christmas which is which is you know a period of time that lots of businesses get 50% of their of their income in the you know 6 or 8 weeks before Christmas so they tend to, to, to try and keep open, do whatever they possibly can to stay home. And then you get a load of bankruptcies straight away in January. That's what normally happens. Right? So there'll, be, there'll only be a few before Christmas, and then there'll be a, be a huge wave in January.
0: So, and, and that's when the winter weather really starts to hit. Is January and February.
6: Yeah, so, yeah. so we people will be laid them. off. There will be loads of people laid off and of being made unemployment in January, just just as they're, they're paying a fortune on their heating bills and freezing, Yeah, and wondering how they're going to pay for the food on the table. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. I mean, so, the Ian, one thing almost that's, out time.
0: that's… So remind people where they can find your stuff, Ian Schilling.
6: Okay, I'm on VK as Ian Schilling, and I'm on Getter as Ian56A, and I'm on Telegram as Ian56News.
0: Ian, News. And great appearance as usual. Thanks so much, and you have a good night. All Take right, it thanks. Because <laughs> it's late there, right?
6: Uh, it's 10 o'clock here, so it's not very late.
0: But uh, Okay, pubs are still open? Oh, yeah, the pubs are still open. There we go. Have a pint for me, because I can't drink. But (laughs) Ian Schilling, great appearance as always, and thanks so much to Sonia Van Den End. Great show, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with more truth on the backstory.